The Joe Rogan Experience. We're going to get crazy. Taking a long ride down some of my favorite schools of thought with this guy here. Daniel Pinchback is an author. If you've never heard of him, he's got a great book called Breaking Open the Head and another one called uh, 2012, The Return of Quetzalcoatl. Is that how I, did I say it right? Good enough. Good enough, close enough. Quetzalcoatl. And um, just uh, an all-around fascinating dude. Thanks for coming by, man. I'm sorry you got stuck in traffic, but it's almost appropriate because you're sort of a little bit of a doom and gloom, end of civilization sort of a dude, and there's a giant power outage in L.A. that fucked traffic upside down. Well, yeah, now that I know that, I feel better about the situation. Yeah. yeah. Do you, though? <laughs> oh, finally, some <laughs> apocalyptic shit's happening. And while I'm here, perfect. In New York, we just had a hurricane and an earthquake in uh, one week. Yeah. I moved here when the earthquake happened. I moved here like only like a month after the earthquake in 94 happened, and it was this feeling of humility in L.A. that I liked. Like when I first got here, I was like, people seem kind of shook up, but they seem pretty friendly, you know, sort of almost like, you know, any sort of a natural disaster does to any big group of people. You know, they, uh, what are you doing there, buddy? I'm looking at your alpha brain. You want some? What is it? It's on nootropics. It's vitamins for uh, cognitive function. Sure, why not? Maybe I'll get brighter. Yes, 1.5 million people are doing power right now. I think it was the last. In Los Angeles? In Los Angeles right now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, that's a lot of fucking people. We sell those. I'll get you a bottle of those things, man. We just started uh, putting those out on uh, onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com. And what it is is uh, there's a lot of different things that people take to improve mental function, and we just put the highest ingredients together and started uh, started selling it. Nice. It's fascinating stuff, man. You know, the, the science of it is a little sketchy. A lot of people call it bullshit, but I think it works. It works for me, man. Even if it's just a placebo effect, I'll take all the lies that you tell me <laughs> if I believe them. It seems like it works <laughs> to me, too. Well, the dreams are no question. You, you, you take them and you have this fucking... These crazy, vivid, rememberable dreams. It's very unusual. And supposedly it's because of choline. Is that how you say it? Is that the, uh, the nutrient? Uh, yeah, I, I believe you said it's called choline. But Ooh. apparently it's known to stimulate dreams. It gives you fucking weird, creepy, memorable dreams. I got a weird dream about a werewolf and a gorilla having sex. <laughs> and I was trying to be quiet and get out of the room before they realized I was there. Yeah. Because, you know, I was uh, last night I was laying in bed and I was looking up your books on Amazon. And uh, the one cover he has is so trippy. I actually spent uh, a good time just scrolling up and down on my browser, just looking at the, the <laughs> cover. Which one? Breaking Open the Head? I think Probably. so. Yeah, the one that has the mushroom in the middle. And then yeah, it's just like, it was fucking awesome. I, that's how stoned it was last night. Dude, you're, you're here when this is, what if this really was going down? Like right now in Los Angeles. Are you prepared? Because I know you're a big 2012 advocate and I've talked to you about... Well, I'm just out of Burning Man, so at least I have my uh, flashlight and uh, camelback. Did you just leave Burning Man? <laughs> yeah, three days ago. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How was it? It was great. Now, you're like, like my age, right? 45. I'm 44. Are, are you not tired of those those crazy hippies yet? Really, um, really nutty ones? No, you know, whatever. I mean, I, 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 I like the whole scene. I mean, it's all sorts of genius people there, actually. Yes, like, uh, extraordinary, like, not just hippies, but the heads of all the technology companies. Oh, yeah. I had a debate with some Google exec who's a, who's a yoga practitioner and... You know, just I have lots of great conversations I, right I there. I mean, it's that. all the, the you know the psychedelic community. I and mean, I spent a lot of time with this woman who runs the Women's Visionary Congress, and my friend John Perry Barlow, who wrote lyrics for the Grateful Dead and started Electronic uh, Freedom Foundation. 
Um, it's actually an amazing, uh, you know, brain trust of, uh, of, of human oddities and eccentric fossils. I believe that, <laughs> but there's also a lot of douchebags, and you got to wade through them. And when you're what you are is like this figurehead for this psychedelic movement in sort of a lot of ways. So you must get a lot of crackpots. And when I say douchebags, it's not their fault. I didn't. There's, know, just, I actually, there's a lot of, I actually, a lot of crazy I, honestly, people. Honestly, I actually didn't have one uh, douchebag experience, and all, every a lot of people did come up wow. to me. And, who, and had read, who, had, cool? who had read my books or you know seen the film, and people were extremely like respectful and actually so, kind of like um, like moving. Like people, so many people told me that the books had affected them or impacted their lives or whatever. I mean, every dead show I've ever been to, or any fish show I've ever been to, it's never been douchebags. So Even I'm though you would think you, you would think there would be a shitload of douchebags, everyone has like this positive vibe to them. So everyone, even if there are a douchebag, they still have like this underlining. Yeah, I'm like a happy and in love. I want to give you love and positive energy. It seems like the whole scene and stuff like so that. So I just have a negative idea. I think. So. So I think okay. you're, like the, you're like Cartman right now. I'm just, I, I lived in Boulder for a while and became very terrified of hippies. You're, e- you're very East Coast. I was so hippie before. I was like so down with it. And you're around them for a while and you're like, God, so many people are fucking crazy. You know? Did, you, I, everybody's crazy. You know, there's Republicans are crazy. Right-wing Christians are crazy. I mean, you look at the Republican convention. You look at these, these, these speeches, these, these, these um, debates that they're having. It's like one nutty fucking person after a nutty, nutty person. I mean, this, this fucking, the, the guy from California, or the guy from um, um, uh, Massachusetts, rather, Mitt Romney, he's, he's a Mormon. I mean, at a certain point in time, you got to go, come on, man, really? You, yeah. you believe that Joseph Smith... This 14-year-old kid found these golden tablets with the, the lost works of Jesus, and only you could read them because you had a magic rock. Really? Right? At a certain point in time? I mean, it, it, how, how is a guy like that allowed to even run for president? Is yeah. there certain things that you believe? I mean, do you think that there should be a line that like, look, someone can pull you aside and go, come on, man. This is crazy. It would be very hard to draw that line at this point. I mean, people, you know, believing in the, the Bible and so on, it's hard enough. Well, know? how about the 6,000-year people, the people that really believe the earth is 6,000 years old? There's a lot of them. Sarah Palin. <laughs> she really believes that. A lot of people do. I think you learned from that movie Red State that, that like, everybody, there's a, this big center of the world that's really crazy. And, like, fucking, they believe crazy shit. Like you can't even. That, I just watched that Wild Whites of West Virginia. Oh, I mean, yeah. those people believe probably things that you'd be amazed. I don't by. think they're they're thinking about that. They're just pill people, pill popping people, and partiers. Yeah. Have you seen that? The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Nope. It's a fascinating yet terrifying documentary that Johnny Knoxville put together about this family in West Virginia that's completely crazy. Hmm. All they do, like they're just constantly committing crimes and selling pills and going on rampages and get arrested and just a fascinating family that's just not living by the rules that you or I live by. You know, now, Bur- Burning Man was sold out this year, and it's just like I think the first time that it was ever sold out. I, mm-hmm. uh, did it seem like overly crowded, or did it seem like why did they even put a, uh, a limit? Uh, to well, it? they don't have a control over that. It's the Bureau of Land Management. I think it's uh, actually because it, it counts as a city. It's only allowed to go three per, uh, to grow three percent per year. Wow. So it was growing from fifty one to fifty four thousand or something like that. Right, something like that. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, it could easily go up to seventy-five or hundred thousand in terms of the space there. I mean, they just keep, they can just keep adding avenues and expanding it and so on. Did you see any awesome art? Did you see any like wow, they took it to the next level type shit this year? 
Um, yeah, there was there was some beautiful stuff. There, there was a huge model of the Trojan horse, which uh, three hundred Greeks and white togas uh, dragged through the gates, and they blew it up in spectacular fashion on Friday night. There was lots of fun stuff. Oh, that sounds pretty fucking bad. I want to go so bad. Like I, I talked about it maybe twenty podcasts ago. Like I was thinking about going, and I'm mad at myself for not going. My perceptions, out, so like, oh. my perceptions are always just going to be some really cool people, that, but just going to wade through some knuckleheads to get to them. But you're sounding like it's not that way. You're sounding like it's pretty positive overall. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I, I still like it. You know. Still yeah. like it. <laughs> what if December twenty first, two thousand and twelve, is the the big day, and that's you know etched in stone and. A lot of people's ideas about a lot of the shit that you write about and a lot of the shit that people think of about the coming of the next age. If it rolls around and nothing happens, then what? Right on. Yeah, well, I mean, I, once again, actually, people would have to look at whatever I said and read about it. Right. I, never, I never particularly said that anything was going to happen. Absolutely on true. That date. Yes. I mean, it, you, it, you it, absolutely uh, have not. You know, on the other hand, it seems to me that it's super clear that we're in, you know, like the, the, the middle of a transformation that, that uh, you know, we can see now the global economy is buckling. The planetary ecology is also buckling. We've hit, you know, hit peak oil. Uh, a lot of the resources are in, in uh, serious depletion. Um, so yeah, we're 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 faced with a, with a, with an end game for for the current global civilization that we're in. Is that peak oil thing been clearly established? Yeah, it's been very clearly established. So everyone agrees it's not a debated thing. Well, I mean, of course, there's 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 some debate and there's some disinformation. There's a lot of there's a lot of money involved, you know. But if you look at what you know the the, the main geologists talk about and you know i mean it's a prediction that was made back in the 70s even you and know? that's why they're trying to get all this oil in canada that these big protests have been happening on the white house lawn where daryl hannah got arrested one of the nasa's top climate scientists got arrested and they're protesting this uh extraction which is apparently incredibly inefficient yeah of course but it's why we, we are you know in wars in you know libya afghanistan and iraq and you know why we're trying to hold down the you know our, our access to the to the remaining resources you know um but yeah so so um i never have anticipated that anything exactly would happen on december 21st 2012 although it certainly might uh but i think that uh you know the, what we need to do and what i tried to do in, in my work up to this point is really try to take a big step back and, 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 and look at our situation and factor in all sorts of stuff that you know, the modern worldview is not really factoring in, which for me includes shamanism, you know, the DMT experience, psychic experience in general, uh, you know, the kind of psychic capacities that actually many people are aware of that happen all the time, whether it's synchronicity or tele Dude, telepathy. And so we on. were on the phone today. We talked to I talked to you about it. Like I was picking up your I picked up my phone and I was going through the contacts to find your number and the phone rang and it was you. I love that shit. <laughs> that's that's as creepy as it gets. What are the there's a lot of minutes in the day, more man. More and more the older I get. How do you know to... when I'm calling you, man? There's a lot of goddamn minutes in the day. When was the last time I fucking called you? I mean, yeah, you were supposed to be on the podcast today and we had emailed each other about it, but we hadn't talked on the phone in a long ass time. That's a weird coincidence. Right. Well, I mean, you, you, you can say that it's weird and creepy, but then you kind of get past that point and you right. just kind of integrate it. And it's like, okay, there's somehow there's actually Something. you know, one consciousness that's kind of working through all of us. And, and, and you know, as time moves on in this period, it seems like those synchronicities are speeding up and our, and our you know, psychic capacities are somehow intensifying. You know? 
But but I will say that my one idea I'm working on for December 21st, 2012, is to utilize the date, because now there's so much popular focus on it, to create a kind of global event, which would be a kind of spectacle. I'm working with uh, composers and a team from Cirque du Soleil, and they're kind of putting together the, a concept for a show that would kind of celebrate humans' evolution, you know, humanity's evolution to this present point. And then ending with a synchronized uh, peace meditation, kind of global focus on unity, with the idea that you could you could take that the energy for that you know that's pointed towards that day, and there's so much fear around it and anxiety and trepidation, and actually make it into like the most awesome thing possible, where it's like, well, look where we've arrived at, and look at our opportunities now to to make a shift and a jump into a new form of planetary civilization. Well, this is the, the, the clearest time in human history where the common person, any person really, has a direct influence over an incredible amount of people with viral information, with videos, and with anything that you write that really resonates with people. You can hit an amazing amount of people now. So a guy like you could get in touch with a bunch of other people who could do exactly the same thing, and a ripple effect can go on, and it can hit millions and millions easy. There's never been an opportunity to do anything like that. Yeah, I mean, we totally love to have you involved with our Unify Earth uh, project. I would love to, That'd sure. Cool. You should do it awesome. at SeaRoad. Sure. Search yeah, well, to say I'm down. Actually, we're actually working with... Uh, at the, at awesome the, to watch. At the, at, the moment, at the moment, we're actually in negotiation with the Mexican government to use uh, Chichen, Itza, Chichen Itza, which is considered by the Mayans to be the heart of the Mayan world. You know what would be the shit, dude? A Toby Keith concert at Chichen Itza. Would that be the most ironic thing of all time? <laughs> Toby Keith is like this super rah rah American country music singer. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He's like Saddam Hussein, I'll kick your ass. You know, he's like one of those guys. He's but he's got a, he's a good singer. I mean, he's he's got good songs, but they're just some of them are like real knucklehead rah 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 songs. I just think him on the fucking pyramids playing a concert might be one of the most ironic things of all time. <laughs> how awesome America is. You can love it or leave it. <laughs> he had a good song about smoking weed with Willie Nelson, though. He's got good music. He's got good music. I just think it would be funny. Um, <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah, I'm scared of Chichen Itza. Don't, don't ever forget Mexico, that dream, man. Joe. I'm, you I, write that dream down right now. Well, it's on the, on the internet now. This Dude, is we live. can draw this dream for you. <sighs> You're right. I should, boy, I should never stop dreaming. Don't ever stop. To, I, I think, uh, as, as you do, that things are moving in a certain direction. And I wonder how much people steer it, you know, how much things like this steer it, how much uh, communication online steers it. Because it seems to me this is the only time where people have been able to sort of like merge in this way globally on their own and do it on a regular basis. You know, people are addicted to just going on Twitter, addicted to communicating with people on message boards and on Facebook and there, there, there. There's, there's, there's an interconnectivity that's never existed before. So an idea, the, the, the idea of a hive mind, like influenced by anyone, is way different now than it's ever been in human history, as far as we know, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. It's an amazing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, one idea that a lot of um, different people are kind of moving towards this idea that maybe humanity is on the verb of transition, uh, on the verge of transitioning into being kind of like a super organism, you know, that we're kind of like coming to awareness of ourselves as a singular being in a sense you know and and then we can you know begin to act more symbiotically rather than like parasitically or aggressively there was a really fascinating article recently written on creativity and how people are always praising creativity and looking forward to getting new and creative ideas but that other people's creativity actually makes people uncomfortable it makes people uncomfortable and uneasy and the idea that someone had come up with these ideas that they didn't Mm -hmm. you know and you know you, you wonder if 
like the the really powerful push towards fundamentalism, the really powerful push towards the six thousand year old Earth kind of shit, you know, and follow the Bible kind of shit is really the same thing as someone. Well, I mean, con- yeah. trying to confine creativity, they're trying to confine enlightenment. Well, the same reason. Right. I, mean, I, I, I guess my feeling is basically, you know, we we live in a culture where there's, um, you know, basically being people are being indoctrinated not to think. They're being they're being indoctrinated by the the media the mainstream culture by the education system to be ignorant to not question to not develop their independent capacity of thought are you okay but are you saying this as in from the education system or are you saying this from the media yeah yeah from both i think okay you know, does from, the me- but the media does not make you dumb right Oh yes, it you, does. The does media, it? Media makes people incredibly. But stupid. it makes you dumb. You, <laughs> you, you Me can't personally? watch CNN I, I and become. I don't watch that stuff. But but I mean. But if it, you did, you think it would affect you? Yeah, but if I'm in a hotel room and I and I watch that stuff for a couple of days, I feel like I'm having a lobotomy. Whoa, really? <laughs> just sure. CNN? Or, uh, yeah, of course. You can't I mean, just all, see it all, as a program. All, no, all, the, all these things are um, from my from my perspective. Um, they're basically um, kind of holding the mass consciousness, the planetary consciousness at a certain low level or low frequency, mm-hmm. you know, where it's, uh, you know, passive, consumerist, fear-based, you know, there's this violent activity, very disjointed, it creates a lot of frustration and anxiety, there's no deeper analysis, there's no attempt to create like a coherent, you know, understanding of, of what's happening in, in any sense. I could see your point that maybe perhaps it isn't used to its utmost abilities or the capabilities that we would have for it, but I don't think that it's it's not a, a, a good form of entertainment. I don't I don't think it has to be either or. I feel like you could sit home and, and watch a fucking silly TV show and it doesn't hurt you. I mean, I think this idea that we're helpless to media constantly bombarding us with these images and ideals mm-hmm. and that we, uh, we have to accept them, I think that's silly. And I think that, honestly, with the Internet, with a, you, you look at the society that's growing out of the mm-hmm. Internet, look at like movements like Anonymous, look at shit like this, things that have never happened before, these giant groups moving forward and, uh, and, and, and taking down websites and taking down companies that they feel have... Acted unjustly. They've never. No one's ever been able to do something like that before. Any. That's Stevie. If you want it. Oh, that's good. You're gonna have some that's coffee. Good. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, so so we have two things. We have a number of things are happening simultaneously, and that's another right. thing that's very interesting about our time is that things are getting pretty complicated. Right. Now, one problem with television in general is that it's designed to reduce everything into tiny little sound bites. You know, when when Lincoln and Jefferson debated in the 1860s, the debates lasted eight hours. You know, when we have a debate on TV, each person gets like. 36 seconds for this response, 22 seconds. We're, we're basically used to everything being spoon-fed and dumbed down to an absolute level of stupidity. You know, and, and basically the problem is that because our scenario on the planet is very complex at this point, we actually need to be able to you know, articulate and analyze at a much deeper level. You know, so yes, we have two things going on. We have the, the one-directional mass media, which I really am, am convinced is basically a kind of uh, lobotomy machine uh, that anesthetizes people into an ultimate state of idiocy and consumerist passivity. And then we have the development of this new interactive uh, media, which is having profound effects and will continue to have profound effects. And if you go look at the history of, the, of media, every time there's a new form of, of media that's very powerful, it transforms you know, the, the, the society, the political system, the government changes everything. You know, you could never have had an empire until you had a written code of laws that could be distributed, you know, to the borders and beyond. You could never have had a, a modern representational democracy, you know, nation state, unless you had the printing press, which distributed enough, 
you know, material so that everybody could participate in civic dialogues. Now with this interactive technology potentially points towards a much deeper transition in our political and social paradigm, uh, potentially towards uh, away from centralized control hierarchy to more of a kind of uh, distributed or direct democracy. And interconnectedness as human beings in general. It's never, no one's been this close to this many people just through online communication. No one has ever had that kind of an influence before by such a wide variety of people and ideas, you know, all coming sure. at you. Sure, and, and, and look how incredibly new it is. I mean, we're, we're just adapting. We're just, mm -hmm. we're, just, we're just like treading water, trying to, trying to catch up with, the, with this force that, that, that our culture has, uh, has unleashed. And it's good or is it no? Or is it, it's awesome. is it just, is it as sure. awesome? Well, if you love change, it's great. I mean, if you're somebody who heads, you know, Warner Records, you're probably scratching your head at this point. I had the most fascinating conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. I had the most fascinating conversation with a guy who was trying to say that Google is bad and the idea of the internet search is bad. I go, why? He goes, because, you know, it used to be if you wanted knowledge, you had to go look for it. I was like, wow, that might be the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard. You think it should be hard to find that shit? It should be hard. You should have to go to a library and look up the right book. It should take hours. No, you should be well, able to that, say to your that, phone. That, that's very much like people who talk about, the, oh, you shouldn't take a psychedelic because it's like a shortcut to the mystical experience. Right. And of course, the answer to that is like, you know, what's wrong with a shortcut? If I'm trying to get somewhere, am I going to go like all around <laughs> in like a circuitous, boring route or am I going to just take the, the friggin' shortcut? That know? reminds <laughs> me of a, a, a joke that Terrence McKenna used to say that uh, some guy practiced a city of levitation for 40 years and figured out finally how to float. And he came up to the Buddha and he said, Master, I can walk across the water. And the Buddha said, but the ferry's only a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, take the fucking mushroom. Take a chance, dude. Take a, take a shortcut. Not only that, the idea that you are independent from nature and that you don't need some help in any way. I mean, you're constantly getting help from nutrients and vitamins and protein and all these different things that you absorb through nature. But then when it comes to this that you think right. may or may not do something to your mind, you're not, you're not, I can get there naturally. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, we'll, we'll get back to, <laughs> to get back to the Google search, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, the, the fact that we now have so much knowledge and information, you know, at our disposal is an extraordinary thing, you know, but then the question is still how do we manage that? What do we do with it? And what type of, you know, society can we you know, pull ourselves into, because at the moment, what we have is, is not going to last very much longer. I like what you said, pull, pull ourselves into, because it's really, it's going to have to be that, because it's going to, you're going to have to pull away from the system that we have now, the, I mean, especially the financial system. And we've learned from when Ron Paul wanted the audits of the bailouts, and people found out how many trillions of dollars had been sent into the, this, this whole idea of, of bailouts and where this tax dollars went, I think a, a lot of people became really disillusioned and disenfranchised and, and had no connection to it. You know what I mean? I mean, when, when, when it happened, did it make any sense to you? When you were hearing about the bailouts, did any of that make any sense to you? I don't pay attention to it. It's like it seems like a system you can't fix. So it seems like I, I, you know, it almost feels like trying to go against the machine that's currently in place is is so it's so intangible. It's like so gigantic. Yeah. The financial system is completely and utterly corrupt right. and un, unrecognizable. It's, it's impossible to understand. Right. Well, that's like I've been in a bunch of the work I've been doing over the last few years. I mean, uh, in the, in the film, actually, we interviewed you for the film. We didn't end up using your interview. We just couldn't somehow splice it in. I, yeah, I people a put it online. In, uh, 2012 I, yeah. Time for Change. And we interviewed this guy Bernard Leotard 
who was a, he's an economist. He was one of the architects of the euro. He wrote a great book called The Future of Money. And in that book, he, he you know, and in our film also, he discussed how the financial system is broken. It really doesn't matter at this point who you put in control because it's still just like a car with no brakes. But that actually we're going to have to reinvent uh, instruments for, for exchanging value that actually have fundamentally different, different value systems connected to them. So, for instance, he proposes a currency which he calls the Terra that has a negative interest charge. So it's a new trading currency, a global trading currency that's indexed not to just a virtual abstraction like our money currently is, but actually is indexed to a basket of real-world goods and resources that decline in value over time, because most things do. You know, so so if you, the longer you held on to a Terra, the less it would be worth. So instead of a gold standard, it would be made based on a bunch of different exactly a, bun- a bundle of resources that would what, include what fuel and wheat and you know processed foods and unprocessed goods and so on. And and as 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 the, as, as a summation of all of that, it would it would actually decline in value. It would have what's called a demurrage charge. So when people got a bunch of these Terras through some business deal, rather than seeking to hoard them or hold on to them. That wouldn't work. So they would be best, you know, used by putting them back in a circulation by sharing them or or, or whatever. So so um, that's Leotard's uh, concept and one of many concepts. Uh, we're actually publishing a book through my company Evolver called Sacred Economics by Charles Eisenstein. It's actually already up on uh, it's out on the internet and and uh, you can get copies. But he actually puts together a whole paradigm looking at uh, the inevitability of, of the financial system breaking down and really seeing that rather than just having one monopoly of, of, a, of a value exchanging instrument like money that's controlled by private banking interests, you could really create a whole ecology of different ways of exchanging value that would be used for different purposes. Do you think that the government would ever allow something like that to actually take place? I mean, it almost seems like trying to create a government inside a government. Well, I mean, it's happened before. I mean, for instance, in, in the Depression, they, they reissued a lot of local currencies, and it was also done in the 19th century, obviously. You know, I read the, about a town in, in North Carolina or South Carolina that's trying to do that right now. Exactly. Well, I think that's 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 definitely going to be on the horizon because people are not going to be able to use this. this yeah, it was a small town, and they had their own currency in this town, and there was a debate about its legality. And in fact, if you look at um, the bankruptcy of the government and the effects of uh, peak oil and um, all this other stuff going on, the capacity of the federal government to, to intervene into metal may actually become radically reduced in the next, in the next years because uh, there's just not going to be the money available for that kind of endless you know, um, effort. Damn. My face is melting. <laughs> thinking about what he's saying? Yeah, it was just like so much information I'm thinking about right now. Well, you know, <laughs> is it possible that none of this will actually happen, that we'll sort of stumble into the finish line? No, it's not possible. It's not possible. It's absolutely not possible. So I mean, you it, think it's absolutely 100% that the society that we currently enjoy is going to collapse? Absolutely, 100%. Wow. I mean, I mean, it's what, obvious. what kind of a time frame are you going to have in it? Uh, you know, could be a year, could be 10 or 15 years. Uh, but the, but the point is to recognize that you know we're we're in it now. I mean that that you know our our faith in capitalism. You know capitalism is a system that has an inherent instability to it, and basically what it requires is constantly new markets that need to be turned into money. So you can keep the dynamism that you can well, you can keep the debt growing and you keep extending the credit. But we we you know but what I think what we're going to realize soon enough is that capitalism was not a final system; it was a transitional system. We don't know what that transition is into yet, but capitalism is like an adolescent system. It's like aggressive, compulsive, competitive. You know, at a certain point, you have to shift into maturity and adulthood, and you have to let go of some of that 
adolescent compulsion. You know? How important is psychedelics in this equation? Because the best tool, in my opinion, to sort of calm down that those instincts, those competitive, super hyper-aggressive instincts is psychedelics. And it's we one tried of the most illegal sacking? things. No, I haven't. You should try it. You think that really helped? <laughs> yeah, it, it's awesome. It's funny because it makes me violent when I watch it. Really? Yeah, Why? Just, no, I'm just kidding. It's so fun. So I think I that psychedelics have tremendous value. I mean, it's, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I, people always say that I'm an advocate of psychedelics, and I suppose that's true to a certain extent. But I also feel that it's an individual decision. They're not for everybody, and obviously they're still illegal mm-hmm. and frowned upon in our society. Okay? Right. But but the fact is that one of the values of psychedelics is they kind of decondition you from your present state of consciousness and your and your kind of social ideology and belief system. You know, there's a kind of peeling away. I mean, I remember the first time I took mushrooms, one of the first experiences I had was going to a deli and, and, and buying something with money and just finding it totally ludicrous that, that our culture invested so much belief in these wrinkly, brown, ugly pieces of paper, you know, and that everybody was kind of so disconnected from their present experience and focused on the sports or the stock ticker or all this crap, from my opinion. You know, so, so, so I think that peeling away back to a kind of, you know, phenomenological, as they say, level of just presence of being, that's a, that's a very powerful thing. And, and we, we tend, you know, as humans, we're, it's very easy for us to get lost in, in, in abstractions and concepts. And we take, and then we believe in our concepts. We, we think that they're real. You know, so the psychedelics can, can break that, um, that, that investment we've made and all these things that we think are, are real that are just abstractions and concepts. Does it have to be either or? Can you enjoy a good movie and still be a person who b- believes that we're evolving as a consciousness and that we are in an adolescent state of evolution and somehow or another we're in a transitionary period and we're all coming, but can't you just enjoy the X-Men? I, I actually love, okay? I love the X Men. You love the X Men, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Movies are cool. It. Just tell me, tell me what's cool. Movies are cool, but TV's not. Do you ever see Walking Dead? It's a pretty fucking good show, man. There's Look, zombies I mean, and these people trying to survive. Yeah. It's fucking fun. Sometimes I like to sit in front of something and watch some shit that somebody created that's supposed to be an entertain me. I don't think it has to cut your capacity for thinking and reason and logic and original thought. I don't think it has to. I think it could just be fun to watch. I think a lot of people are conditioned by it. A lot of people are weak, but a lot of people fucking eat cheeseburgers all day and become seven hundred pounds. Right on. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not like in a, you know, I don't, I don't judge other. You enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. I don't really care. I mean, I mean, personally, you know, what I like are, are kind of when, when I get excited now mm-hmm. about popular narratives. It's, it's more because I see in them the seeds of part of this transformation that's underway. Now, for instance, if you look at like a lot of the most archetypally huge stories that our culture keeps telling us, which includes the mutant, you know, the X-Men, Harry Potter, you know, Lord of the Rings, well, Lord of the Rings to a certain extent, but um, Star Wars, let's say, Avatar, the story that's repeated over and over again is there's like this hero's journey, and as part of that hero's journey, there has to be a, a learning to use our psychic faculties, you know, so, so you know, uh, the Matrix. You <laughs> He's know, you, trying you to have, tell us we're all superheroes, dude. Yeah, so, so if you look at uh, mutants, they're going to this academy, they have to learn how to master these paranormal gifts. You know, Harry Potter, you have to learn to cast your spells. Star Wars, you have to use the Force. You know, I, I actually, the more that I've thought about it and, and the more my own experiences have kind of echoed, you know, some of these things, I think that, that these stories are, are, are so powerful because they, they represent a kind of yearning that people have 
for kind of initiatory training and extrasensory perception. And that is something that our society, you know, has, has rigorously denied us, you know. And I think if you look at, like, what happens to you when you're, like, an adolescent, like, let's say you're 15, 20 years old, you know, you have this, you, you, you have this beginning, and when you're a young teenager, you have this tremendous sense of, expectation. You're like waiting for some transformative thing to happen to you. And then it doesn't happen. And so instead, you accept a lot of basically crappy, degraded substitutes, like dulling entertainment, like, you know, watching athletes do this and that or whatever, you know, rather than having gone through something that you, you always just know is missing, but that but then the culture kind of like hides it from you. And I think that that thing that that's missing from our culture is this direct initiatory process how is the culture hiding it from you though i, I you know i think the culture the, the water sort of seeks its own level on a lot of these things and a lot of people just get lazy and don't look for it and this culture that's opening up right now it, experiences now are being detailed and talked about that people could never understand before the the connection that people have together through the internet now it's there's there's never been anything like this before you know, I don't, I don't think it's getting dumber. I think there's always going to be a certain amount of dumb people. Yeah, well, I, I think, think there's always going to be a certain I, amount of people that smoke cigarettes. Totally. Well, I think we, I just stopped actually recently, which was very exciting. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You smoke cigarettes. I know. Is that pathetic? Wow. Yeah. Just for You're like, such six, a six, smart guy. Years. I know, I know, I know. What the fuck is that? I know. I apologize. That's what a ruthless <laughs> He doesn't drug. get it. So, no, I, I do you, get it. I want it. you to I get do. it. Just Bro, so I, get I, it, I swear to God, I get it. I want to start fucking putting cigarettes I, I, I fuck I, with I, you because I love you because one of your one of my best friends. I actually was through ayahuasca that I stopped. Actually, it was through ayahuasca that I started also, to be honest, because there's a whole relationship between ayahuasca, shamanism, and the Amazon and tobacco. Right. That's when I first started smoking. They blow tobacco on you, right? They do. And it's also, there's something about tobacco and ayahuasca that are very synergetic together. I mean, it's a, you know, tobacco is considered a very important power plant. You tried why the patch you, first? Why didn't you try cigars? Well, you can get natural tobacco. <laughs> yeah, I did natural tobacco. I tried, yeah, yeah. Cigars are way better I'll for you. you. I mean, yeah. they're probably not the best thing for you, but they're better for you than cigarettes. Yeah. Isn't it? It's all the chemicals in cigarettes that are... No, I, I smoke like uh, natural American spirits. I mean, I stayed oh, at least yeah, at that yeah. level. Okay. Of like, okay. yeah, that shit seems well. like it hurts me more, though. Like, when I do natural spirits, it's, it's like the next day I'm coughing up black It's because it's not giving you any numbing it's, power. It's like <laughs> cigar that, or something. There's 590 fucking ingredients in cigarettes that, by the Way, that are usually made to are all make government us approved. Hit better. <laughs> Did anybody really go over all those 590? You know, a lobbyist, right? You know, who, know. The, who the fuck went over all those ingredients and made sure that they're all cool? People are dying half a million a year in America alone directly related to cigarette smoking. What, what you were saying, though, a lot of people probably, uh, uh, I think, also feel like they did accomplish what they wanted in life. Like, I think that's it seems like it seems almost negative that you say it like that because, uh, like, like I, I talked to my dad. He's like, fuck yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to do with my life. I love my life. I'm happy. I'm that's married. That's kind of rare, I, though, dude. Don't you think your dad's pretty smart? No, I think, I think, I mean, unless... I think that's just a negative look. I think a lot of people like what they do. I mean, you there is a, definitely you got a great the, job, though. You got an easy job. No, no, I'm not you know, talking about me at all. I'm not talking about me at all. I'm talking about like my mom, right. my dad, like everyone I grew up around with. They all liked what they did. Well, you might have been lucky, and you grew up in the Midwest, and you, grew you know, up I'll, in a different I'll, I'll, time. All I'm offering you is like you know my way of thinking about it. Yeah, your yeah, your yeah. way of thinking might be oh, different. Oh no, no, no. I mean, just, my, 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 my personal you know experience growing up was like. You know, I thought there would be this amazing thing that would happen as you read. You gotta do something to have those things, man. You gotta, you know, I've I've always said that there should be some sort of a right of right of manhood, a right of just. It doesn't have to be even a manhood thing attached to like something manly or aggressive. I mean, as to finding your character, finding your limitations, doing something extraordinary. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, some of the thinkers that I wrote about in my books talked about how cultures need to have some type of initiatory ritual. 
And if they don't have it consciously constructed, it'll end up being unconsciously you know, destructive. It'll happen through war or through destruction of the environment or something. So, so one, one theory that I have about the you know, quote unquote 2012 or this transition that we're in is that it's almost on an unconscious level you know, humanity has not been able to change its behavior, right? So it's, it's like it's on an unconscious level, we're kind of willing ourselves into a state of catastrophe to bring about an initiation and, and thereby a transformation of consciousness. 100% sure? Of that? That. Eh, not, not, 94%. That's 90. strong, man. That's very strong. Those are strong words. Who knows what the fuck is going to happen? That's what I say. I say it could be some sort of a meteor impact or it could be some sort of a Skynet thing. I do believe that something is absolutely going to happen. It just seems to me that things are moving at such a furious pace that it just can't last. And I think it's a natural cycle, man. I really do. I think the reason why we're having all these natural disasters is that's a part of a natural cycle, too. Yeah, but if you talk to my grandfather, grandfather about TVs, okay. like, like he, he was like, wow, this is crazy. TV was invented. You could see TV. We're, you know, it, it, they probably It's just us living our life, and then during, around a certain age, we grow up to a certain point where we're like, yeah, it's fucking spinning out of control. That like, is back possible. Back in the 40s, it's probably like Charlie Chaplin thought it was spinning out of control. That is possible, well, but yeah. it also could be that human beings even though we love to think of ourselves as being separate from all the other things in this world, we are a natural thing. And even though we have plastic fucking cars and glass you know, lenses for our fucking cell phones, even we are still a natural thing. And we are subject to the natural cycles of this earth, of this superorganism, of the universe itself. And even when we see crazy weather patterns mm -hmm. and wild crazy shit, there could easily also be crazy cultural patterns. And that culture, even though we can create it and we do have control of it, it may be very well a natural movement, as natural yeah. as your evolution from baby to adulthood. Yeah, it could be a natural thing. Could be we, 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 we've published some... Uh, on, <laughs> could be woobies make me want to fucking choke a bit. But that's a good one, man. On, on, my, uh, on the web mag... I, I, like I, I have a, a shirt. <laughs> a web magazine uh, that I run, Reality Sandwich, and we've been publishing some excerpts. Which is not Mac-friendly, by the way. I want you to know that. I don't sure know if you is. know that. It is. Both of these computers, I tried to go to your website today and, and just search uh, my name, obviously, first, but then Joe Rogan's <laughs> name, and both of them kept on crashing my what? browser. Crashing anyway, my browser. I don't know. I've never had that. Problem. I really? Mac. Google Chrome. Check it out. Do you use one of those old Macs with a trackball? No, I use a new Mac. New Mac. Uh, those trackballs in the center but, of it? Anyway, we published a few pieces by a German scientist, guy Dieter Braus, wrote a book called Revolution 2012. And he's one of a bunch of people who are arguing that a lot of what's happening has to do with um, changes that are taking place throughout the whole solar system that have to do with the sun changing, that actually the electromagnetic environment of the Earth is, is shifting. What is supposed to be the galactic alignment on December 21st, 2012? Because I've heard Neil Tyson, who I very much respect, poo-poo it. He's a scientist. Um, very famous internet scientist. Mm -hmm. well, Not internet scientist. I shouldn't say internet scientist. He's a fucking, he's a scholar, a, a very well-respected, uh, I, th I believe he's an astrophysicist or something along those lines, but super, super brilliant guy. And he poo-pooed that there was any alignment whatsoever. Well, he said it's a constant thing, that the, 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 that alignment, that same alignment happens all the time. He's like, you know, the fact that everyone's making it out that December 21st, 2012 was the first time that this happens in 25,000 years. He's like, that's nonsense. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's, I believe... He knows more than I do. Well, he probably sure. knows, probably probably knows you know, more than you do, Yeah, too. for sure. So, I mean, I can just give you my little okay, what interpretation. Do you know? I mean, um, my understanding is that it's, it's simply an optical alignment, which, which means there's no particular reason that we would know of that would be such a tremendous, you know, tremendous transformative thing, where the uh, winter solstice sun rises within the dark rift at the center of the Milky Way. So, in a sense, it's, it's an eclipse of the center of the Milky Way 
by the by the sun on the winter solstice on that particular date. So so that date had a lot of significance for them. It was like the key you know moment in the year, and um, they considered the sun to be the first father. And they saw the dark rift at the center of the Milky Way as the cosmic mother, or they also called it apparently a black hole, which is interesting because only in the last like 15 years that our astronomers discover there is a huge black hole at the center of the Milky Way. Well, so, they know that there's actually a supermassive black hole in the center of every single galaxy, and that that supermassive black hole is one half of 1% of the mass of every galaxy. So if you have a giant galaxy, it's right. a much bigger black hole. And they even have, there's a, the first photograph they've ever taken of a black hole eating a black hole. It's fucking crazy. Nice. It's nice. the 